Welcome in. It is the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast. Uh, this is Luke Blaine here. Uh, Tanner is not with me. We have another special guest, actually the first returner in the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast. We have Mountaineer tennis coach Miha Lisatz here once again. Miha, great to have you back. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be the, uh, I guess, the first returning guest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming, yes. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, you were the first guest as well, so... You're, you're just making history over here at, at a MSI. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what we like to do. That's okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate we appreciate your time, and thank you for taking some time to sit down and answer some questions. And as the season is about to get underway, it'll be this Saturday, right, at Summit Tennis Academy. So you all have a doubleheader. So I'm sure uh, you and the team are very excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say um, – Kind of the start of January some is some of the most exciting time of the year. Uh, we have the whole the whole season ahead of us. Obviously, we have gone through the fall season um, where we play a lot more individual events, but mm-hmm. um, we have the whole season ahead of us. This is what we're preparing for. This is what we're training for all year round. So it's a it's a very exciting time for not just the coaches, but it's a very exciting exciting time for the players and for the program and. Um, everything you know looking forward to 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 the season and you know what we're going to accomplish and how many steps we can take forward as a program this year so it's a most exciting time of the year I would say definitely yeah that's awesome and I'm sure that tension just builds during the fall season too even though you know spring season is what a lot of the team you know what the teams look forward to but you know of course it's a development time for the players and you know I guess a chance to get back in the swing of things no pun intended so uh, how was the fall season? How did that go? What did you like uh, from the team? You know, we we use, um, as you alluded to, we use the fall season f- uh, very developmentally in our program. So um, we want to make sure that we are um, we are competing, obviously, and we are we are um, taking uh, you know we're taking note of results as well. But I would not say it's necessarily the most important thing. What I want to see from our program, not just from the players, but from our program, is that we are uh, getting better, that we're finding ways to improve, that we're taking steps forward, that we're focusing on the right things uh, as a program overall, but also players as individuals, right? Because at the end of the day, when we go into into team competition in, in, in the spring, we are a team, but we're a team comprised of individuals, right? So the better that each individual can compete, the higher level that they can get to um, individually, the more they can benefit the team overall, right? And that's a large piece of what we do in the fall semester. So when I say what I had liked in the fall, I always talk about progress. I always talk about development. I always talk about not always about results, right? I, I feel that results will come when we're ready. Um, but I felt that in the fall semester we had um, some very good weeks and months of practices, um, some very uh, developmentally focused tournaments that we played in, right? So players, when they went into tournaments, were not focused only on immediate results, but focused on the long term and, and doing the right things and building towards the spring, right? Kind of what we're building, to, you know, kind of like now everything's coming to fruition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that aspect of how we worked as a team, right? Um, you know, I definitely liked that more and more of our of our players um, also have professional ambitions, right? So we're starting to see our players compete on the pro tour, for example, right? Which 
it's not just because of the results that they that they are able to um, to to accomplish on the pro tour, but that's that changes the mindset, right? Uh, it changes the mindset for the player. It changes the mind. It's starting to change the mindset for the team, right? Um, we're we're looking for what does it take to 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 take the next step, right? Like you know, it's obviously a little bit more work, right? It's a little bit more focus. It's a little bit more dedication, right? Even though college tennis is played at a very high level, um, it's not exactly the same as the entry-level pro, right? Mm -hmm. And if that's the ambition that you have for your future as a player, it challenges you to work harder. It challenges you to put more work in. It challenges you to put more focus and, 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 and dedication in all aspects of your preparation, not only on court, right? Also, what you're doing outside of the court is very important, right? So... It, 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 it was sort of a, um, um, I liked what I saw from the team and the direction that we are going in, right? Um, I felt that some results that we were able to accomplish were reflective of, of, of the work that we had put in as well. But that's not the only thing that I would be stressing when it comes to the fall semester, right? I feel that spring, um, in the biggest matches that we will play in the spring semester, that's where we are looking for 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 all the work to to come together, right? That's when we need to shine. That's when we need to be at our best, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, just looking at that, you mentioned, you know, taking steps forward. Last year, you took a big step. Uh, first, a Big 12 win since, I believe, the 17-18 uh, to 18 season. So uh, first uh, program win over Kansas State. So how do you... What, what goals are you working toward now, and do you feel like the team is in a better position now than a year ago to meet them? I believe that we are in a much, you know, that as, as good of a step as we had made last year, right? Um, and every step is equally important, right? You can't take the second step if you didn't take the first one, mm -hmm. clearly, right, in, in, in the process of building a program, right? So, um, you know, n we can't dismiss anything that we had accomplished in the past, right? The feeling I have is with the with with kind of how we've been building since the end of last season and the work that we had been putting in is that we are ready to take a step forwards, right? From where we were last year, right? Um, which you know the goals that we are working towards, you know the the result that 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 will culminate a as a result of this work if we reach our goals will be, um, you know, more wins in the Big 12 Conference, right? Um, you know, we should be coming out on top against more teams that we will be competing against, right? Um, it should be um, consist more consistently playing at a higher level, right? One of the things that, that last year um, maybe did kind of take, take, uh, uh, take a little bit of the ground away from us uh, when it came to the national ranking was that we played very well earlier in the season, and we weren't able to sustain that as well throughout the whole spring season, right? And when it comes to being to becoming a team that will be consistently um, qualifying for for national level events, it it's not not the only thing that's important is not only how well you play on your best days, but it's important that you're extremely consistent throughout the season, so day in and day out, or match in and match out, right? Because you you have to have good wins but you also can have bad losses, mm -hmm. right? Because that takes you out of contention for national-level events at the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel that we're ready to take those steps, right? So we should be getting close to uh, being very dangerous to qualify for, for, for the NCAAs at the end of the year, right? Uh, you know, whether we fully accomplish that step or not, we'll see, right? A lot of things have to happen to, to really hit 
the target, right? Um, you know, a lot of things have to go right, right? A lot of things have to go our way. But we could definitely be in a position to be to be ready to take that step, right? We mm -hmm. could definitely be in a position to win, um, to win, uh, to 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 bring a lot more wins um, within the Big Twelve Conference to our program, right? To start climbing up the ladder, sort of to say, right? Um, we we should definitely be in position to to aim for a higher national ranking than than we had last year, right? Which was a high of fifty one halfway through the season, right? So I feel that we've done a lot of good work, right? Um, but we have to continue to do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not it, you know only putting the work in and not performing on 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 match day doesn't work, right? So we have to continue to prepare. We have to continue to believe when we have opportunities against uh, against top level competition, right? That we carry ourselves um, as champions, that we compete and play as champions, that we. Um, Continue to perform at a championship level, and then convert those opportunities and 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 start closing those matches our way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're talking about the Big Twelve. I mean, I think the Big Twelve gets a lot of credit when it comes to sports like men's basketball, you know, and women's basketball. But the Big Twelve is a gauntlet in women's tennis. I mean, it really is. You have schools like Oklahoma and Texas who are year in and year out Final Four teams, and then you have Baylor. Oklahoma State th those are some legit programs too in women's tennis and so how do you go about trying to build up in a league that is just so all-around talented and how do you prepare for that whenever you know in the non-conference play you really aren't seeing that high level of competition and I mean it's sort of a really quick change a quick uh, change of speed I guess Yes, yes, it is. It's challenging, I will say, um, you know, because when when we are building a program, right, and competing against teams that are competing for a national championship, that's a tough situation to be in, right? Because we're, you know, in the years past, we weren't we weren't at that level yet, right? Um, so some of the matches that we were going in, right, it's it's um, uh, we're trying to find creative ways to. To keep the players up and motivated and, and going after the matches right and, and finding ways to to almost embrace the underdog role and, and and find a way to play free right because in those moments we have nothing to lose right we're playing against a national champion for example or a team that was amongst the top the team that was amongst the top four the previous year and will be competing for a national championship again right we have nothing to lose in those moments right so it depends on on you know how we approach matches. It depends on which which specific teams, right? I mean, this year, the Big Twelve will will, will stack up probably even stronger than in the past. Um, on top of Texas and Oklahoma that have been outstanding programs um, almost every single year, right? Uh, we will have Oklahoma State that has just loaded up with players. Um, they did an unbelievable job in the transfer portal. You know the players that we're bringing in. Um, and and they 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 will they might at the end of the day they might win the Big Twelve. I mean, so we will have three teams that could end up in the top four nationally, for example, right? So extremely challenging, right? Mm -hmm. But those are not the only teams that we compete against, right? We will also have teams like Baylor and Texas Tech and teams like TCU and Kansas and Kansas State, right? That are much much more within our range. Uh, of teams that we will be extremely dangerous against this coming season, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that I feel, especially with some of the new teams coming into the Big 12, right, 
we have Houston, we have Cincinnati, we have UCF, we have uh, BYU, right, that are joining this year. So we will already have them on the schedule. Um, but then we also have teams that will be joining in 2025, spring, right? Um, the Big 12 will actually will continue to be strong, but we will get a lot more teams that are mid-range on the national ranking, which are exactly the teams that we should be competing against at this point of our building program of our building process, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, where we kind of fell a little bit um, sort of in between the cracks in the previous years was we had a few teams that were, a few of us that were kind of at the bottom of the national ranking, right? And then the rest of the group were almost all of them top 20 in the country, right? Yeah. So there was a huge discrepancy between the two groups, right? And with the teams that are joining in and with us getting better and better through this process uh, that, that we've been building over the last two years, we will be right in that sweet spot of, of teams in the you know top 45, top 40, top 30 nationally, right? Um, and we will have opportunities to beat out those teams and, 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 and sustain some of the success that we had early in the season into the Big 12 Conference as well, right? So, you know, the way that we prepare is... is, is <laughs> It really depends on who we're going up against, right? You know, um, some weeks, you know, we have very little to lose, to be honest, right? Because we still have championship caliber teams in the Big 12 Conference. Um, but one of the things that I like to do regardless, right? Whether, whether it may be Texas, whether it may be Kansas State, whether it may be, you know, our first week that, you know, that we'll, we'll be competing against Duquesne and Morgan State, right? I want the players to be focused on... on on the game, on the opponent, on the de on, on development, on the game plan, right? I want them to be focused on what they need to do specifically in that match, how they need to compete, what patterns they're, they're going to be using and playing, how to expose opponents' weaknesses, regardless of who's standing on the other side, so that we get used to being focused on our game instead of focusing on who's actually standing on the other side and who the opponent is, right? Because that can get overwhelming sometimes, right? right? So hopefully we're also getting better and better at that mindset, um, and then when we play against the top teams in the Big 12, that doesn't really bother us as much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just about to ask, I mean, you know, with especially with Texas and Oklahoma transferring to the SEC uh, after this season. So I was I mean, you kind of said it. Does it feel like the Big 12 is going to open up a little bit more for the mid-range kind of competition and teams who are currently building, you know, is that the is that the way you would describe how you kind of feel about the trajectory of the Big Twelve? I absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I feel that that with with, I mean, in in tennis, Oklahoma and and Texas have been such national. I mean, just staples, right? Mm -hmm. I know in a lot of other sports as well, right? I yeah. mean, we're not the only ones, but um, you know, the fact that you know a year ago. Texas won a national championship, and the only matches that Oklahoma lost was in the Big 12 Conference Final to Texas, and then in the national championship final to Texas, yeah. right? So uh, that that's tough, right? Like when you have that in the same conference, it's tough, right? Um, but with the two teams transferring out into the SEC, the, the the field will open up a little bit more, right? I feel like for us and in our process, this is kind of the prime time and the teams that we're bringing in where we can continue to take steps forward and accrue wins in the Big 12 Conference. And it's, you know, the, the ladder for us to climb up is going to open up a little bit, right? And, and that's, we're very much looking forward to that, right? Because I want to, 
you know, I want to commend the team and the work that they've been putting in, and it's gonna be it's going to be good for them to see um, the results of the work as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you talk about the results of the work. I mean, we talked last time. It was a very young roster two years ago. A lot of freshmen, I believe, six. I'm trying to remember. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just a couple upperclassmen. I remember Nastia, the only senior. And then you had Penny right below her. So you talk about building. You built that roster and, you know, you said, you know, they're making progress. But also now you're coming to a point where trying to sustain the roster how how much of a different challenge is that because of course there are graduations you had to transfer out uh you know and camilla declared for the pros which is awesome and i mean you know so how do you go about trying to sustain a roster when just so many things can happen in an off season i it's it's a little bit of a different challenge right it's different challenge sustaining a roster than it is building a roster uh, building roster rosters right so um Many coaches have said that, and I'm starting to feel that that we're we're all sort of in a, in a, from year to year a little bit in roster management um, mode. I would say, right? College tennis, like other sports, used to be bringing freshmen in, developing, building, right, from their freshman to sophomore years, you know, and then sophomore to junior years, and then re- they really start to hit hit their peak, right junior and senior years right they become leaders on 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 the team in terms of the culture right and they've developed their game so that's when you can expect the best performances from them right that doesn't really happen as often anymore Mm -hmm. right we still have players that have come through our program that have gone through four years and and developed and got better and and uh and, and grew as the program grew right um but it's a little bit more adding a few transfers you know, sometimes you lose a transfer or two, right? Um, and I feel like every sport feels a little bit that way, right? There's a little bit of free agency going on, right? Um, we're, as, as a team that is still climbing up the national ladder, right? That puts us into, 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 into slightly a tough spot, I would say, because it's, you know, tampering happens everywhere, Right, it's not only in the biggest sports, right? I mean, tennis coaches are competitive as well, right? So you know they will uh, call players that they shouldn't be calling, right? They will invite players to 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 transfer that they shouldn't be inviting players that players that are not in the transfer portal, right? So it becomes a little bit of a challenge in uh, in, in sustaining top players in our program, right? In keeping top players in our program, right? Because those are the players that you are always that are helping you. Uh, pull the program forwards that are helping you build through the years, right? Um, and it is a challenge, right? Um, you know, the way that we've approached that challenge has been through through building um, what we feel like we have a very strong team culture. We have a very, very strong bond on the team. Um, you know, players don't, players are not here only because of tangible things that they receive from the university, right? Um, in terms of, um where it may be the academic incentive money in terms of you know what we provide through our budgets, what we provide you know through uh, through uh, through the scholarship and so on, um, right? It, it's not the only thing that they care about, right? Um, they have developed a very nice bond and and they enjoy this process of working together, right? Which makes it a little bit more likely that they will stick together, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's another. I would say it, it makes it a little bit tougher for, for one of them to say, you know what, I'd rather go somewhere else, right? Um, 
and many of them could have opportunities to do very well elsewhere as well, right? Not, not just within our program, right? But I think we've developed very good culture on the team. I think we've developed very good bonds on the team, right? And hopefully that continues to contribute in the years to come to be able to retain some of our top players, right? And to be able to also recruit some of the other top players um, that that value the people that will be around them for whether it may be two, three, or four years, um, and the people that they will be working with, right? So that's kind of, for me personally, the best overall approach that we can use to be able to keep players and build through players that we have, right? To sort of minimize transfers, um, you know, and having to roster manage from year to year. So hopefully, as we're going through this process, we end up benefiting from the transfer portal and not losing a lot to the transfer portal, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, right? Because some, some other players will be looking at, at, you know, at options, right? And maybe we can attract a player or two that otherwise we may not have had an opportunity to, to get to our program because they're, they're maybe already playing somewhere else as a freshman or sophomore, right? So maybe we can benefit a little bit through, through that process and not maybe lose a lot to the transfer portal, right? You know, one of the things that, I, you know, I'll, I'll openly admit helps us as well as a tennis program this is not, we're not on the forefront of college athletics, right? Um, you know, this is not basketball or football, right? Where players are getting significant incentives mm -hmm. to be transferring to other places, right? So that that kind of helps a little bit, right? In not, not players not having huge, con I don't know if to say contracts, but huge offers to go to other schools, right? That doesn't really happen in tennis, right? So, you know they can be incentivized, but not not in in astronomical ways to where, you know, this, whether you like it or not, if you're 18 years old and someone puts a couple of hundred thousand dollars in front of you, yeah, you're not going to say no, right? right. So, um, and and I feel like looking at some other teams here at WVU, right? I mean, you look at a football team, right? They're having a pretty good off season, right? Mm. Um, you know, I feel like the culture is progressing and we all understand that we need to develop an extremely strong culture and, and, and a culture of belonging, right? Not to be losing these, not to be losing our best athletes, right? Um, and I feel like that's how we're going to be building the whole department forwards as well, right? Us as a tennis team being a small part of that, right? But um, I feel like, I feel like we're, we're moving in the right direction in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting just in terms of you know, in the age of name, image, and likeness, you know, obviously there are some schools who can afford to extend a lot of money toward tennis and, you know, get go get the big collegiate stars. But, you know, in a lot of other places, that's not the case. And I and think... I, sorry to cut you off, no, but of I, I, I do have to say, I mean, um, you know, uh, um, Stephen with the Country Roads Trust and, mm -hmm. and, and, and the trust, I mean... Um, they have been openly supportive of of all sports, right? Yeah. Um, and what I really like about about where we are at WVU, right? I mean, we may not have um, the most money available when it comes to 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 the trust and 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 uh, and NIL money, right? I mean, I'm sure there are schools that have, you know million dollar donors that can write checks and 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 help that process, right? I understand that, right? But I feel like what we do a great job of here within our within our within our department is is that the is that the trust does not necessarily only focus on 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 the most visible sports. Right. 
they're very open to 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 attracting and helping um, um, athletes from from smaller sports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I we really appreciate that, right? Because at the end of the day, right, that's that's not that's not going to be publicized anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it helps build the overall level of the department up, right? Yeah. And I firmly believe, right, that, and I think the leadership of the department has has a similar mindset as well, that if we want to be a championship caliber department in the future, right, where you you cannot build a championship cal- caliber department only through one or two sports, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has to be at a pretty darn good level, right? Uh, we all count into that mentality, right? We all count into that um, 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 culture, sort of to say, right? You can't have one great sport and everyone else doesn't really do a whole lot, right? It doesn't work that way, right? Same as you can't have one great athlete and everyone else is not a very good athlete, right? It doesn't work that way, right? So um, I feel like we've been able to, I, I feel like, you know, the op- the openness um, of, 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 of people within the department, right, to, 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 to help those building processes has been, has been incredible. So it's not only our culture, right? It's, yeah. all, it's, it's also, you know, the, the people being there to help and the people being there uh, to, 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 to help us take steps forward in our process. They, they've been tremendous as well. Yeah, that's great because, you know, like, Culture is fantastic, you know, like absolutely every team needs that too, but also it sounds like there's a healthy balance there of, you know, help from the trust and with the culture, because I think it was, um, it was Baylor, the football team, they had like a, they had a graphic up where it was like, you know, $1 billion in NIL spending or, you know, deals and stuff like that. And their football team was close to the bottom of the big 12, (laughs) if not the bottom. So, I mean, it's like, like you're talking about, you know, and you had a, a, you all had a chance really to kind of get going before I think NIL kind of really took hold of collegiate athletics. W- would that be, would you agree with that? Right before, yes. Yeah. R- right before it really came to the forefront of college athletics, yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, talking about you all had such a young roster coming in. I mean, that was just a revamped roster like we talked about. And, you know, so I think that would you agree in saying that that helped, you know, along the way, just getting them in all at the same time, a bunch of freshmen who, are kind of experiencing the same thing and coming to a college, a new country even, and, you know, trying to compete there and, you know, getting ready to take on one of the toughest uh, conferences in women's tennis. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if that was a year or two later, right, mm-hmm. um, in, in let's say if we were recruiting that same roster a year or two later, who knows what happens, right? Um, I, I think I think we put that roster together at the right time, Right. Where they were that first year, I, I don't know if you. It seems like a long time ago now, yeah. right? But um, I don't know if you remember. I mean, you were you were out there with us almost every single match. I mean, how many four three matches did we lose, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, extremely young roster, right? Yeah. Extremely inexperienced roster. We could see that we had potential, right? Um, but we just weren't prepared yet. To be able to get over the hump in those matches, right, and and turn that season into actually what it could have been a very spectacular season, right? We just weren't mature enough yet. We didn't have the the the, the training and preparation yet to be able to do that, right? And that's where we started, right? And as we built from year one to year two, a pretty darn good turnaround, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of not just being close anymore, but being able to. Um, to 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 accomplish a lot more than in the year prior, right? And 
that process continues, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, as we go into year three, we can continue to build off of where we were, right? What I see in practices, what I see in maturity, what I see in the work that we're putting in, I see that, right? Now, obviously, we still have to perform on on, on match days, right? It's, uh, you know, we're not... We're not practicing to be practice players, sort yeah. of to say. But it's a good sign, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, just to kind of talk, in a sport like tennis, whenever you have players who can go pro, in a sport where you can go pro at such a young age, you know, I mean, like Coco Goff, I mean, she was playing on the tour when she was 16. Yeah. And, you know, does that make it harder to recruit at the collegiate level whenever there are some players who are like, you know, I'm good enough. I can just go right into the U.S. Open or things like that, or just play the tour because you know. Whenever I, I bring up, I bring that up because you know you had that core freshman, and then Camila. I mean, we were talking one of the leaders of the team. You know, decides go pro, which you know that is awesome. You know, and she's doing great out there. But how does that, from a team building perspective, and you know, how did you all kind of have to almost recover from that? I guess and build. From that. No, and you, I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely thinking along the, uh, along the right lines, right? It's, it's what happens in tennis is because players technically turn pro almost at any age, mm -hmm. right? It's really a personal decision. There are no, I mean, if you're talking about 14 or 15, you still have some restrictions as far as the number of tournaments you can play, but age of 17 or 18, you can turn pro if you'd like to turn pro, right? So, um, there are absolutely some players on the junior tour that should be going professional immediately, right? They don't need to be going to college, right? Their level is extremely high. They're, they're, they're physically ready. They're, they're mentally mature, right, to go on the tour and to, and, 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 and to build their game forwards through, through competing on the tour versus competing in college. Absolutely, right? Um, but what what that it's interesting because what those players that go pro directly have created is sort of a mindset that a lot of players that are sort of mid-range players and should really be absolutely going to college right but they have a little bit of a false expectation as far as where they are right you know that that's the interesting those are the interesting cases right mm -hmm. Because those players have an incredible opportunity, right? They have potential to go onto the pro tour, right? But they're not ready yet. Whether they may be physically not ready, some some players are are are, are uh, uh, mentally or emotionally not ready to take on traveling every single week, right? Um, you know, dealing with 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 defeats every single week, right? Dealing with the 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 the, the grueling life of of being on the tour, right? If you're not prepared for that. That's not going to serve you well, mm -hmm. right? Um, and those players have an incredible opportunity to come to college, continue to develop, continue to play, continue to train at a high level, right? They, they, they have an opportunity to be surrounded by all the resources that they need to develop on and off the court towards the professional level in very stress-free environment, actually, right? They continue to be a part of a team, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 grow and mature and and develop right, and then two years, three years, four years after they come to college, they can turn around and go pro, right? But they they give themselves time for that for that maturation process, sort of to say, to take place, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it's incredible. I mean, when 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 we're talking to recruits, when we're talking to these young ladies, right? Um, 
how many of them have false expectations, right? I mean, how many of them do not have a very clear understanding of where they are, right? And unfortunately, what we see from a lot of players is that they will turn pro at the age of 17 or 18. They will maybe last about half a year to a year on the pro tour and never play tennis again, right? And unfortunately, because they have turned pro and because they have competed for a certain amount of time on the pro tour, there is no going back, turning turning back and saying, well, actually, I would, would like to go to college, right? You have bypassed that opportunity. You're not eligible anymore to compete, at least at a D1 level, right? Mm-hmm. You can potentially go to an NAIA school, right, and, and get a scholarship and compete, right? And some players actually do that, right? That's why some of the teams in the NIA, um, uh, in the NIA are actually pretty darn good, right? Because they have a whole bunch of sort of pro players that didn't make it, right? But those players are not eligible to go to D1, right? Um, but um, it, it happens often, right? And I'm, I'm very, very sad to see that, yeah. right? Because those players end their careers in ways that they really, it really wasn't necessary, if nothing else, even if they would not have succeeded on the pro tour eventually, they could have walked away with a with, with a degree and being ready and prepared for life, mm-hmm. right? But now they have nothing, right? Yeah. So it, it's very unfortunate. But you're you're thinking right along. The, I mean, we're we're fighting these recruiting battles every single day, um, talking to coaches, talking to clubs, talking to associations, you know, around the world, um, um, national level tennis associations around the world, players trying to convince them that. For a lot of players, this is an unbelievable opportunity, even for those players that have pro ambitions, right? And going back to Camila, right? Um, this is a story that we will be using in recruiting, right? That yeah. we are using in recruiting, right? I mean, we 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 are in position to produce pro players, right? And that's not every program can say that, right? I think college tennis is doing a much better job these days of putting up if you see on social media, so like when we have major events, we have Australian Open going on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, p- uh, putting up um, um, social media posts of how many former college players are actually playing in the event, right? And the numbers are pretty astounding, right? And sometimes, even as a college coach, you're not really aware of how many players are actually in the singles and doubles draws of, of major-level events, right? It's astounding, right? Yeah. I mean, their numbers are, are pretty darn good, right? I mean, we produce almost more professional players than any, any national-level association, right? And our mandate is not really to produce professional players, right? This is still college college sports, right? So, But it's a story, right? It's, it's a story that's being told better and better through um, through the ITA at, 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 a, at a national level, right? And it's a story that us as programs, we will be using to promote when we are recruiting, right? Because anyone that's coming in with a, a, an ambition of being a professional player now has a very good example to look at when, when, when they look at West Virginia University because we are producing pro- professional level players. We're not just talking about trying to help you to go pro, right? we can produce professional level players right and we have more players within the program now that will be turning pro, that will be turning pro after graduation mm-hmm. love star joined us uh, in the fall semester right um, she has already competed at a good amount of professional events as well right and upon her graduation in in may she will be going full time on the pro tour as well right so that will be another story that we will be we will be using and telling you know in in terms of um, in terms of 
who we are, what we do, and you know what happens within our program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have some players that you know are now second, third year within our program, and maybe they didn't think about going professionally as much before, but they are now seeing that they are capable of doing so, right? And they are they are sort of developing more and more appetite to say, absolutely, why not, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you any any tennis player, you know, from the time that they're a little kid, right? When I was eight years old, seven years old, six years old, when I grabbed the racket for the first time, I was going to win Wimbledon, right? I mean, I, I was going to hold the, you know, the U.S. Open trophy, right? That's that's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, it almost, it, it's a, it, almost every tennis player, almost every little kid grows up with that, right? And now all of a sudden you have that opportunity in front of you where you can actually, it's actually within your reach to be able to go on a pro tour and play, right? It's not just a a, a seven-year-old dream, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually within your reach. And a lot of players are starting to buy into that, right? Yeah. Those, that's the mental change that, we've, that we're seeing within our program. And I love that, right? I mean, that's been my ambition for you know, from the time that I came here, right? So it's it's awesome to see. And, you know, hopefully in the years to come, we'll be building more and more, um, um, more, more and more of these cases where players will be turning pro and, 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 and representing us on the pro tour as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you fully know or, or are aware, but, you know, this has happened a little bit more towards the end of the fall semester, but um, Camila will actually be partially returning and representing us in the spring as well. Really? So she is she is she will still be competing at some professional events, uh, but she will also be taking classes during the spring semester, and she will be competing in in matches for the team. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Was that announced, or is this like? It, it's it's not it's not really announced out into the public, right? Because that's a little bit more of a um, it's a little bit more of a of an agreement amongst you know coaches and players, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know it was it was a very good setup that that Camila, um, you know, when we presented how the spring semester can look like um, for the team and 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 the matches that Camila will be playing for the team and how the spring semester can look like for Camila in terms of in terms of the tournaments and in terms of the setup. I think we were all in agreement that this ca- this is very beneficial for all parties, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we'll see Camila in some matches this spring as well. Yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> with that, do you like? So, would it, will it be about a fifty-fifty? Is that going to be how? How how will you all decide which ones she doesn't and does uh, appear in? So it it was a mutual agreement, right? Because a part of the agreement was for Camila to play some professional level events, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not what our what other players are doing currently, right? In the yeah. spring semester, um, but uh, that's what attracted her to the deal, right? Um, and so she will play roughly in a little bit more than than 50% of the matches right so so she'll be with us a good amount of the spring semester mm-hmm. we were able to to agree upon which are the most impactful matches for our program this spring that she can participate in and and really hopefully make a difference as well right in those matches um and which matches maybe are not as important right mm-hmm. um you know not, not to say not as important every match is important right but um there are certain matches that can break the season for us one way or the other, right? There will be matches that will be sort of on the brink, right? We can come up ahead against that team or we can potentially come up behind in the, you know, against that team, right? And in those matches, it obviously makes a huge difference whether we have Camila in the lineup or not, right? Yeah. In some matches, maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference, right? So we were able to agree upon which matches we are targeting mm-hmm. 
that Camila will be playing in, right? And then which uh, weeks she will take and, and, and continue to play a few pro-level events, right? Okay. So you kind of have that schedule all mapped out, like, ahead of time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So is, like, whenever you're... Sorry, I'm, I'm coming up with questions. That's perfect. No, no, listen. Yeah. I'm so, no. Sorry to drop, to, no, to drop a mean, little bit of a bombshell on no, you. No, this yeah. is great. I mean, you know, it, it'll be a, as a, you know, obviously everybody here knows, like student media here is fans. It's going to be amazing seeing her back in a WVU uniform again because she's such a, I think she does bring a lot of just fierce competitiveness. Yes. And she also, I mean, I think especially last year, on the mental side took a big step too, just keeping herself in a lot of those matches. I mean, the Marshall match sticks out, you know, yes. that was in, that was an incredible, one of the most incredible singles matches I've ever watched. And, you know, down one, three, you have to have that one. And she pulls it out and sets the team up to go win the thing, you know, Penny on that last uh, match, but yes. no, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see how that works. So whenever, do you like whenever you're making that decision, did you ever have a concern over maybe doubles lineups or maybe how chemistry might, you know, because if Camila can play some and can't play other, you are you will be like shifting doubles lineups around, surely. As well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's uh, obviously we will have to deal with certain aspects of Camila sometimes being here and Camila sometimes not being here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, the one great thing. And I talked a little bit about culture. 10, 15, 20 minutes ago, whatever, um, is that the players that we have here, they have all sort of come up together with Camila, right? You know, not a single one of them minds Camila being back, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it, and, and everyone understands that there will be a few events that Camila will be traveling and playing individually, right? Um, and that's, that's great because we can maintain great culture, right? And not not a culture of envy or or of you know uh, you know maybe something that would bring us down during the spring semester, right? They know Camila really well. Camila is one of the most respected players within the group, right? You know she doesn't just bring the talent, you know, like you like you alluded to, right? I mean, the 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 passion, the energy that she plays with, that she trains with every day, right? You know, the teammate that she is to everyone else, right? I mean, it's incredible, right? And all of that she will be bringing back when she is with us and and for all of that she's respected from by, by the program right uh, by by her teammates right so you know yes there are certain things we will have to manage right lineups will obviously change right uh, you know some of the doubles pairings will change right um, you know whether Camila is playing whether Camila is not playing in that match right uh, but I think, you know, as we're maturing as a program, I think we're ready for some of that, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that we will be hugely thrown off because, you know, you know, I'm sure there will be weeks where where, where Camila and Tingpei will be playing back together, right? Yeah. I mean, they've had an incredible run in doubles so far, right? I'm sure there will be there will be weeks when they will be back together and playing, right? You know, and, and in some weeks, you know, we'll have to find different pairings, right? Um, you know, we're, 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 we're going through that process now during the preseason in trying to see what other pairings work, right? So that we can have sort of two plans in place, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, almost, right? Yeah. Um, because that's kind of how we're going to have to navigate the spring semester, right? Um, so, yes, I mean, you know, we, we will be dealing with a little bit more, Um in some aspects of the program, right? Because Camila will be in and out, right? Um, you know, also with training, right? It's a little bit easier when we have everyone together all the time, right? Mm -hmm. When someone is coming and going, right? 
they that player may be a little bit more um, on certain days, maybe a little bit more on an individual schedule, right? Sometimes they need a little bit more rest than everybody else because they were competing in, on different days, right? Sometimes they may need more training than everybody else, right? Because they're they're loading up on those days to really get ahead in training, while some while maybe the rest of the team needs a little bit more rest. So there will be a there will be balancing. Um, we will be balancing some of these things as we're going through the spring semester, right? But I, I also find it a very interesting challenge, right? Like we've never had that, we've never had this situation um, before, and I feel like we're all going to learn a tremendous um, tremendous amount in in um, with 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 given parameters in how can we be the best that we can be with what we have going on this spring semester, right? So yeah. um, I'm 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 really looking forward to the challenge, right? And I'm really looking forward to the challenge of having someone with a you know, basically with, you know, one foot in, 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 in the professional arena, right? Also being here in training and 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 um, helping us raise the level of the program, right? Because in tennis, you know, when we train and practice, we train against each other, right? right. Having someone like that here is only beneficial for everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of hitting, in terms of, you know, being being on the other side of the net and being able to spar with someone like that in practice, right? But also in terms of the mentality, in terms of the mindset, right? When you go on the pro tour, your mindset upgrades, right? You're 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 mentally a little bit on a different level than when you are when you are in college, rightfully so, right? And that's that's what Camila will be bringing back during days of practice, right? And I love that for our players because mm-hmm. all all of the players that have ambitions to potentially play pro one day, that's a player that you can look to, right? That's a player that how does she go about her business, right? What is she doing when she's outside of the courts, right? Okay. How much work is she putting in in other areas of preparation, right? You have basically a pro-level player here that you can learn from. That's invaluable, right? Um, if, if that's the ambition that you have in the future, right? So I feel like this is going to be a very interesting situation, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> that'll be, and I mean, like you said, she's not the only player on the roster bringing that professional experience. And I think that'll be really interesting, of course, you know, uh, with Love Star playing in the Pan American Games. And also, uh, you all announced uh, late in the fall, I think, uh, sometime in the fall, I forget exactly. But uh, Maya Bordereau, is that how you say it? Bordereau, Border- yes. Bordereau, okay, yes. got it. Uh, so she played a little bit um, mm-hmm. on the pro circuit as well. Uh, will she be coming in as a freshman? Is that um, she is? Yes, wow. she's coming in now. She's already with the team now. Um, she's coming in as a freshman this spring. Yes, and she's another player that's bringing some level of of having played professional events already. Right. Mm-hmm. She's an, another player that has ambition to train towards being a professional player in the future. Right. Um, you know, and players within the program, like I mentioned before, right, that are now starting to really see that this is possible and they're starting to buy into this level of preparation right so it, it it's all of these things are, are are sort of coming together in helping us take steps forwards right look th- this is really simple right i mean i know people see us on match days right i mean people see us walk out and compete and you know and for for a couple of hours double singles right for us to climb up the 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 Big Twelve ladder to 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 build um, a national level program right to to have players that can that can turn and go pro right 
what matters is what we do every day, right? It there, there's a lot of I mean people don't see us 98% of the time, right? They only see us on match days, right? But that 98% of the time is what counts. Mm-hmm. That's what everything is built through, right? On match days, at the end of the day, we walk out and hopefully we're ready and we play, right? That's that's the goal. We're not accomplishing anything more on on a, on match day, right? Um, and with with everything that's going on within the program and being able to raise the mentality and being able to raise the level of preparation and being able to take steps forwards, right? The majority of that has to do with that ninety eight percent of preparation, right? Mm-hmm. And when players are buying into doing things better, doing things more disciplined, you know, being 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 better prepared, right? Uh, putting more focus into something, putting more intensity into something, right? Every time when that happens, our level of preparation is rising, right? And when our level of preparation is rising, when we train better, when we prepare better, when we that's how you build championship level programs, right? Obviously we have ways to go. I'm not saying yeah. you know we're we're in a place where we're gonna you know, we're we're ready to compete for for big twelve or national championships. No, we have ways to go. But we are moving in that direction, right? And the changes that we're seeing within the program now are extremely positive and beneficial in helping us move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did want to ask for some clarification on the... Uh, on. So you mentioned earlier that players who go pro before they go to college a lot of the times can't don't have the option to go back and be eligible for college, or at least maybe... Correct. yes. Uh, what level is it permissible to return to college? Because obviously... Uh, Maya has played on the pro tour, but now she's able to come to college and compete. Um, could you explain that a little bit? Like- Absolutely. It's actually a very straightforward rule, sort okay. of to say. So it is not necessarily that because a player has played pro events that they are not eligible to go to college, right? Mm-hmm. Maya has graduated regularly with, with her high school class in France. Mm-hmm. And during her high school years, she has also played at some pro-level events, which is perfectly fine, right? Mm -hmm. The players that eventually become ineligible are the players that graduate but don't go to college, but start playing full-time on the pro tour and do that for more than six months. Okay. So then they start to bypass the, the, the opportunities to enroll in college they bypass the first opportunity, which is technically still permissible. And then when they, bu- when they bypass the second opportunity to enroll in college, they start being penalized with years of eligibility. Mm. And then depending on the numbers of competition that they've had during the time that they weren't in college and they weren't in high school, so sort of during that gap, then you start to, use, then you start to lose eligibility, right? So, and if you've played in too many tournaments or if there was too much time that took place between you graduating high school and enrolling in college, then you could be permanently ineligible. But if you do come to college, right, and you do continue to play pro events, that's perfectly fine, mm-hmm. right? That's perfectly fine and allowed by the NCAA, right? And that's kind of the message that they we're trying to send to, to these young ladies and, and you know, uh, seniors in high school, right, that are looking to go, you know, that are looking to be professional players, right? There's a pathway to the pros through college, Right. But if you only go pro and you never went to college, now you're starting to have eligibility problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes so much more sense. Uh, yes. I was wondering because I was wondering. I was like, I thought Camila was just forgoing the rest of her eligibility. So, so we actually set this up in a pretty good way, right? Because in the fall, when we were talking, uh, as we were approaching the fall semester, right, and and Camila started to, you know, um, um, 
really kind of dive into this idea that, that she's going to go and, and play on the pro tour, um, like fu fully play on the pro tour, right? Mm -hmm. um, we had set the fall semester up in a way to where she can take a gap semester, right? Okay. Which is allowed by the NCA once in your college career. So you can take a gap semester, not go to school, and if you set things up properly, you can still return in the spring if you choose to do so and still be eligible to compete, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, as we were talking about different opportunities that Camila will have on the tour and in college, we had kept the door open just in case, right? Okay, if, so this if, was something that was always kind of in the cards, right? Or like maybe uh, uh, always on the table? We were leaving the door open, let's okay. say, sort of to say, right? And as we were having conversations towards, you know, end of the fall semester, I think it, it became more and more interesting for both parties that let's set up the spring semester in a way where Camila will be able to compete for the team in, let's say, 60% of the matches. Mm. And at the same time, she will be able to, to to still compete and continue to further her pro ranking, right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy how that worked out. I yes. mean, that, that'll... Hey, when she when she's back in town, she may be the second returning... Um, um, uh, We'd love to set that <laughs> up. <laughs> there we go. She <laughs> we, may we, be the second I, returning guest I was just thinking about yes. that. I was yes. like, got to hear her perspective on that. But yes. No, that, yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, do you know... Uh, right now when she will be making her debut again as a mountaineer or what we're willing to share yes absolutely i mean it's not it's, it's not a secret right mm -hmm. i mean it's uh, so uh camila everything goes well will will be making her debut uh, her debut as a mountaineer um the second weekend of competition so against marshall and virginia tech all right yeah i'll I think I am looking at making the trip down to Marshall, so that'll be that'll that's be awesome. awesome to see. Yes, that that's that's always a good match. I mean, you yeah. you know, last oh last year we had Marshall here, you know, it it's always a, a competitive match. So you know, I mean, it's one of those matches where where the the sort of the rivalry that we have going on, and honestly, I mean, Marshall in in women's tennis has been has has you know has had a pretty solid program for a long time, yeah. right? So they're not they're by no means sort of a you know, a team that we can overlook, right? Um, and every time when we play, I mean, it's 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 a it's a nail biter, right? I mean, it's one of those matches, you know, where where you can throw rankings out, you can throw records out, it, it doesn't matter, right? It's it's it, it's it's a rivalry match. It's it, every time when we play, it's gonna come down to to a nail biter, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone will compete extremely well. You know, they always for for Marshall. I mean, this is. This is potentially one of the biggest wins of the year, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way that they come out and play the match every year, right? You know, and for us, we can't over. I, I know we're preparing for the Big Twelve Conference, right, and to compete in the conference, but we cannot overlook matches like that, right? Because one thing we know ahead of time is Marshall's going to come out and play, right? And we need to be ready to do the same, right? You know, those are those are some potential. When when you look at your schedule and when you look at the season, right? Those are some potential matches that. That that you have to be careful about. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that will be a good one. And second week in the season, it'll be early. You know, I think that. Man, yeah, my whole <laughs> sorry, uh, a whole lot of stuff has just been uh, revealed to me in the past, you know, hour about this team, and I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a really fun season. You know, looking. That's forward. what we're looking forward to. Yes, yeah. that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah. Yes, and looking at that, you know, with the roster, I have some questions, you know, just about some of the individual players, you know, 
like to get into uh, talking about Love Star. You know, what did you see from her this fall that you really liked? And, you know, how has she how has she blended in with the team and how have they meshed and how's that chemistry been built? I think really well. Yeah. I mean, Love Star was was the only newcomer that we have had in the fall semester, right? Which sometimes can always be maybe a little bit tricky, right? You're the only one coming in, right? I mean, the group has been together. This group has been together, most of them, for two years, right? Um, and uh, But Love Star is just incredible, I mean, on, on and off the court, right? And and she was she was accepted very quickly into the group, right? I mean, she she was able to establish herself very quickly into the group. But overall, I mean, Love Star is just one of the hardest workers we have, um, and that will obviously bode well for her, go, you know, wanting to be a professional player in the future, right? But uh, I mean, she just works. She just works every day, you know. Results wise, she would be one of the players that I think. You know, if you look at the fall semester, you can't necessarily say that results why she had the best fall, right? I mean, I think she went through quite a few ups and downs during the fall semester, but I like that for her. Mm-hmm. And I like that for her because it challenges her to 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 really look look to really reflect on her game and be able to develop through some of the some of the rough matches, right? Some of, some of the matches that didn't go the way that you want them to go, right? It really pushes you and challenges you to to work even more to um, to take care of certain things in your game, right? To be able to overcome certain things, certain maybe um, short-term weaknesses that you were exposed to, right? Maybe certain things that didn't go as well, right? You can go back and work on those details, right? And sometimes that's a great thing, right? Sometimes that's a great thing when you're building towards the future, right? And... I think towards the end of the fall semester, when Lovestar played in a few professional events, that's where she played her best tennis, mm-hmm. right? And I think it was evident in how she worked during the fall that she was able to build through the months of work and really play some of her best fall tennis at the end of the fall, right? I can see a similar situation for her in the spring, right? You know, she's she's already putting an, an incredible amount of work in, right? I mean, she was already she already played in a pro event um, last week, right, as well. Um, but you know, again, because that's the case at the beginning of the season, her whole off season is focused on being successful at the beginning of the year already, right? She's not taking any time off, right? She's she's back with the team now. She's already training, you know, putting the work in, uh, being love star, sort of to say, right? I mean, going going above and beyond in working on preparing herself, right? Um, and that that's what she brings to the program, right? I mean, that's that's who she is. Um, and I think, you know, she will be a tremendous asset for us this spring. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, moving on, uh, mentioned Ting Pei Chong earlier. This will be her, uh, right, her final season. Yes, uh, yes. The, uh, grad, grad, grad year, right? Correct. Yes, yes. So she's taking, she's take, she's still taking advantage of her, of her COVID year. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is basically the last round of, of, of uh, anyone being able to take advantage of the extra year. Right. And Tingpei did, right? So she mm-hmm. will complete her, her, her graduate degree um, as well here at WVU and, and continue her final year of, 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 of eligibility. Yes. Absolutely. What are you hoping to see from her? And you know what. What from her have you seen develop in just the past, you know, two, three years with her being on the roster? This will be her third year in a Mountaineer uniform. So what have you seen from her and what do you hope to see this season? I've seen a, I've seen a lot of growth um, and even more so, I would say, this fall than we have seen before. And even more so, I would say, in the first two weeks of training in the spring than we maybe have seen before from Tingpei. Um, Tingpei is 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 one of the elderly on the team, right? I mean, she's she 
she will be one of the leaders on the team. She's one of the elderly players on the team. Um, she is someone who will be um, who will be looked, you know, who players will be looking up to, right? And what I'm looking forward to seeing is is her career sort of building up into into the spring semester, right? Her really taking ownership of 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 everything in her career, right? It, showing and displaying full maturity, right? Being the player that 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 can help us navigate the ups and the downs of the season, right? Because no matter how well or sometimes how not well a season goes, you experience plenty of both, right? This is not just about one match, right? This is about us as a group navigating week in and week out some great matches, probably some matches that we're not going to be as happy about, right? But being able to bounce back from those, right? And we need leaders within the within the group that can handle that in a very mature way, right? That can handle their own preparation in a very mature way, right? Um, and and I'm I'm looking forward to for all of that to come together for Tingpei, right? We've always felt, I mean, Tingpei is 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 very talented, right? I mean, she's an incredible doubles player, right? She's always been one of our better uh, one of our better doubles players, right? Um, she has tremendous potential in singles, right? And this is really the year for her to put all of that together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something that you notice while watching her play, she plays with a very almost like a lot of finesse, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of like she slices really well. And you know, how do you approach coaching a player of that style as opposed to, let's say, like Camila or uh, Misha, wherever they they can really, you know, put pace on the ball. They can a lot a lot of power, but Pay kind of plays a little bit more. I don't want to say conservative, but you know, like in terms of like a lot more placement heavy, a lot more finesse yes. heavy. Like I said, so how do you kind of approach that? I mean, to be honest, every player is different, yeah. right? Um, every player has has nuances in their game. Even players that may seem like, uh, well, you know, it may seem like, oh, let's say, um, oh, Camila and Misha, maybe they're a little bit more baseliners and they play with a little bit more power and pace. Mm -hmm. There's a vast difference between Camila and, 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 and Misha, right? In terms right. of preparation, in terms of coaching, in terms of helping them understand their own identity on the court and who they are and how they need to continue to develop, right? So I approach, as I mentioned um, a little bit ago, um, we are a team and, and this is a group effort. But we're a, we're a group comprised of individuals, right? So we try to walk a fine line, sort of a balance between what we need to accomplish as a team, and 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 how we can help each individual understand and develop their game in their own specific and unique way, right? Because they're all different. Every one of our players is a little bit different than someone else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, through individual conversations, right? Through a little bit of uh, uh, through a little bit of individual training, right? Through a little bit of trying to help them only one on one with development and and, and what they need to be doing, right? So it there are yes, there's a general approach towards things, but there there are specific and there's finesse to working with every player in terms of what they need a little bit more of, what they need a little bit of less, what they need a little bit of less of, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's a, it it's. It's sort of it's not I would say 50 50 team and individual approach but there, there's there's there are aspects of both yeah 
Absolutely. But yes, I mean, you're, you know, you've been with us in, in, in a lot of matches. That's a great observation, right? I mean, Think Pay's game is very different than some other players, right? I mean, yeah. she likes to use a lot of change of pace, sort of to say, right? Slices. Sometimes she hits through the ball. She likes to approach. She likes to come to the net, right? So she likes to put more pressure. Sometimes she's playing more defense and, and, and running and moving behind further behind the court, right? Very different game than someone like Camila plays, for example, right? So it's also a very different understanding of what her game is, right? And how she plays her best tennis, right? Very good observation there on your end, yes. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, like you said, I I try to make it out to Summit Tennis Academy whenever y'all are there. So yeah, definitely looking forward to Saturday. But uh, just a couple more here. Um, uh, Misha, my like I said, my mom's favorite player. She's going to love this. Uh, <laughs> if she signs an NIL deal somewhere, she'll be first in line. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Misha talked about how big of a leap she made from year one to year two. What are you seeing now from year two to year three? I see Misha continue to to develop and, and continue to mature, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was a very interesting season for Misha last year, right? Because yes, she was coming from her freshman campaign, um, you know, going in, going into being a sophomore, so still a very young player, right? You can't say that that's someone who's 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 fully kind of up. You know, we talked about the development process before through their freshman and sophomore years, and then playing their best tennis when they're juniors and seniors. That that's the idea, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very interesting season for Misha last year, right? I almost felt like for about half a season. Misha was trying to find herself, mm -hmm. right? She had some good matches, but she also had some matches in that first part of the season that I know Misha was very disappointed in, right? I mean, she was very disappointed in herself, right? And she was able to turn things around almost on a dime. It was after one of the weekends where it was one of her worst weekends of competition that she was able to turn, thing, to turn things around almost on a dime. And she went from playing with what well, I would say very little confidence to going into matches and looking like a completely different player. When that happens, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, with, with technique or strokes, right? Because she's the same player as she was a couple of weeks ago. That's a mental change, right? That's a mental, like things, for whatever reason, things click, mm -hmm. right? And... What I've seen from Misha since the, since the end of the season was continued progress and development and maturity on the court, right? So what I'm looking forward to from Misha this spring semester is to, is to continue to be that player in the lineup, that steady play. I mean, if, you, you've, if you've seen Misha play, right? Oh. I mean, it's just extremely steady style, right? I mean, Misha is, you know, her level does not vary a whole lot, right? You know, she has very few peaks. She also has very few valleys, right? Very steady player, right? Very consistent player, right? She can just, you know, outgrind players from the baseline, right? Very disciplined player, right? Um, but also, she's also a very steady and calm influence on the team outside of the courts, right? Misha is someone who approaches her life in a consistent way on the court as well as off the court, right? And and that's going to be kind of a... Uh, she's going to be kind of that that North Star that sometimes we look to, right? In, in you know, if, if let's say we've had, you know, maybe maybe a match that we weren't the most happy about, like those are the players that within the program can help you steady the ship and keep moving forwards, right? Those are the players that keep showing up every day. They're not necessarily the most flashy. They're not necessarily the players that 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 stand out in many ways, right? 
but those are the players that within the group are very um very have a have very calming influence on everyone right they just show up and do their job every single day every single day we had a great match they show up and do their job every single day right you know they we didn't have a good match they show up and get their job done every single day right mm -hmm. those are the players that you need within the group to sort of navigate the ups and downs of the spring semester and i'm looking forward to misha to being that leader for us this spring yeah all right so yeah uh with maya too maya um the other maya the, the one that's uh you know the one who's entering her second year of freshman yes. season last season sophomore year you know how has she progressed since the you know from what you've seen from the spring to the fall and to the fall till now and you know what, what do you hope to see moving forward as well I actually think that Maya was one of the players that 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 was able to develop the most since the end of last season, right? I think we've seen progress from her during the spring season. It was obviously her freshman semester, right? Yeah. So, you know, she came in in January. This was she was kind of thrown right into the lineup and competitions, kind of what our French Maya is doing this year, right? Yeah. Um and we've seen growth from 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 Maya from last year's Maya um, during the spring season, but I've seen a lot more growth from her after the season. The way that she went to work, right? The way that she went to um, in in improving her preparation, you know, through some of the summer off-season workouts, through the fall, through the um, how she trains every day now is completely different than how she prepared herself every day a year ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that will start bringing results. Right. Whether it's immediate or not, we will find out. Right. But I have no doubt that Maya will be able to show that she can play levels ahead of where she was last season. Yeah. Yes, yeah, of course. So and if you want uh, just touch on the rest of the team, you know, you got uh, I believe we've gotten everybody but Tanya, uh, Momo and Kat. So just uh, a. <laughs> What have you liked? I mean, what what have you seen from them? As well? You know, you know, it's interesting because it, it it's similar as we have conversation within the group, right? Momo is a senior, right? Yeah. Is it? Will this be her final year? Yes. The, okay. This is her final year, but yes. this is exactly Momo's personality, right? W yes. Whenever we talk about a team, Momo is never kind of standing out, right? Yes. You know, and I never mean to. Like, no, I never, no, I never mean to do that to her. No, no, no because I no, do think not she's at all, a great right? Player, but you know, I did, I did want to ask. You know, yes. it's just kind of. I didn't want to ask the same question three more times. <laughs> you know, so. No, absolutely right. Yeah. It's not. It's not. And 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 I think Mom, I think Momo is comfortable in this role, right? Mm -hmm. She's more of a quiet player. She's never the loudest, right? She's never the 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 player that stands out the most, right? But she's been with us for four years, right? right. And she's done. She's taken some incredible steps forwards as a person, right? You know, Momo when she joined us in 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 her freshman year, um, she was very shy. She didn't say a whole lot, right? Um, she she was very um, um, kind of held back in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. And today, you know, Momo has developed into 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 someone who is going to be graduating and moving on and going into the workforce and and, and doing extremely well for herself. Mm -hmm. You know, she's developed a lot of confidence. You know, she's developed a personality where. You know, she can share, she can speak, she can be, you know, incredibly personable, right? Like a complete 180 from where she was as, as a freshman, um, you know. So it, it's great to see her grow, right? Momo is probably, not probably, you know, I think it's safe to say Momo is our best doubles player, right? Mm -hmm. Momo is incredibly talented and, 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 and incredibly um, um, natural in terms of doubles play, right? 
she actually, you know, sometimes the best thing I can do as a coach is stay out of the way, right? It almost feels like sometimes the more that we try to coach, the, the, the more we create sort of the opposite effect, right? It's like Momo is extremely natural, right? Like when you see her playing doubles, she reacts, she flows, she goes from, you know, from one side of the court to the other, right? I mean, she's extremely explosive, right? A lot of things that she does in doubles are very... Um, uh, very instinctive, right? Yeah. And those things you can't really coach, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes, like, we just need to let her be, right? Because that's where she plays incredible tennis, right? And furthermore, I mean, Momo in singles, she actually had a pretty darn good season last year, yeah. right? I mean, she probably won the most Big 12 matches out of any player, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe Or maybe she was tied with Camila, if I'm not mistaken. Or, you know, but Momo... I don't, I don't have the numbers on Momo right has, has accumulated quite a few wins, yeah. sort of in a very quiet way, right? And where I've seen Mo, I mean, and I think Momo has a much better understanding now of what works in her game than she did going into last spring semester. So in my opinion, we're going to see Momo continue to take steps forward maturity-wise and, and continue to, to play better and better tennis and, and continue to compete... Um, through some of these matches in 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 a in a great way, so I'm I'm really, I know this is her last season, you know, and she's been such a steady player for us. It's gonna be hard to obviously, you know, lose her from the program, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a natural cycle of of yeah. of of that. That's a progression that 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 we go through as a program, right? And we're we're going to be very proud when you know when when Momo graduates. I mean, after four years of spending with us and and moving on. So um, Tanya. Um, I am very, very pleased to see where Tanya is right now at the beginning of the spring semester. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Tanya, unfortunately, has been dealing with a good amount of ups and downs and and um, and injuries. Yeah. Um, and whenever you're going through a lot of those, it's hard to put consistent work in, right? Because there's always something that you're dealing with, right? It's almost like there's always something that's standing in your way, right? Um, but I'll, 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 I'll say one thing, though. You know, regardless of the fact that Tanya's fall semester has been hampered by injuries, mm. we have, we've, we've been able to outline certain things in Tanya's game that she was able to focus on, even though she was injured in the fall semester, and she was able to focus on during the fall. And she kept putting work in, regardless of the fact that she couldn't compete, that she couldn't go through full practices, and in many ways, that starts to get frustrating, right? You know, any athlete, minor injuries, I mean, we've all dealt with. You, 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 you go through them. I mean, it's, it's, it's all short-term, right? I mean, when injuries start to become a little bit more long-term, right, that, that starts to weigh on you, right? It starts to weigh on you mentally. It's hard to stay motivated, right? It's hard, much harder to stay motivated, right? Much harder to keep showing up and putting the work in, that technically you can still put in during that time, right? It's hard to have that same mentality, right? It's hard to have, you know, day in and day out looking at, yes, but I still have two months of rehab, right? Mm -hmm. So, and one of the things that I can say, now seeing Tanya that she's back on the courts, is because of the work that she was putting in, I feel like she will be a better player than she was for the program before, regardless of the obstacles that, that have been thrown her way, right? Yeah. You know, and there'll be a lot of work, right, to uh, for, for for Tanya. I mean, a lot of good routines, a lot of um, making sure that daily she's doing the right things to keep herself healthy, right? Uh, because 
you know, she's in a very good place right now, but obviously spring season is grueling for tennis players, right? Yeah. There's a lot of matches, there's a lot of training, there's a lot of traveling um, that, that take place, and it wears your body down, right? So there will be, you know, um, you know I think um, it will be challenging for Tanya to continue to stay in a, in, in a very good place, right? But I also think through the injuries she has learned what she needs to continue to do on a daily basis to stay in a good place, right? Mm -hmm. And Tanya is almost like, you know, not to say a little bit of an unknown in the program because she's obviously already played matches and played very well, very good matches for, for us, that right? Can, that Kansas State one. I mean, that was her first match of the year last year. I mean, we threw her we threw her into the lineup basically without playing any matches, right? Yeah. I mean, we kind of just threw her into the lineup, right? Because she was physically ready to go but it's hard to say that she was mentally prepared to play that match because that was the first match she played in the spring right that was early march i believe um and so yeah, basically yeah. two months without really competing right and i mean she clinches the match for us right yeah Th that's the competitor that tanya is on the court right mm -hmm. i mean she really without a whole lot of practice she's able to put things like that together right so uh, what i'm really looking forward to is how far can she get to if she's more consistent with training and, and, and competition so that she gets more and more comfortable in her game, right? Yeah. And that, that's, that's good. Tanya is sort of like an X factor, like in, in the spring semester for us, right? You know, she, <laughs> I mean, she has potential to do incredibly well, right? And we'll kind of see how many steps forward she can take, right? But I'm very happy where she is currently, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to move on, last but not least, you know, Kat, you know, so, something that I, I think Kat does... From a perspective, from my perspective, just outsider looking in, you know, from she seems like a player who really brings energy, you know, to the even though she, you know, a lot of the times doesn't see the court. I mean, she did get her first. I believe that was her first doubles win last year with a uh, yes. Camila. Yeah. Yes. So that that was really cool to see. What really a match cool that was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great one. Uh, so, you know, from her, what are you looking to see moving into her junior season? I mean, Kat, Kat's role continues to evolve, mm -hmm. you know, within the group. And, and Kat's been incredible, right? I mean, um, you know, she never had uh, what I would say would be maybe comparable conditions when she was a junior player to mm -hmm. some of the other players, right? Um, in terms of training and competition and being exposed to international level, yeah. you know, traveling and, 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 and seeing players from, from all over the world and competing at ITF events, right? I mean, she was never exposed to that, right? Um, but Kat's presence on the team is invaluable, mm. right? I mean, she brings an incredible amount of positive energy, right? She brings, you know, she's someone who, who just loves to work, yeah. right? Um, you know, she, she's one of, the, one of the players that always sets an example, you know, always sets sort of the tone for us in conditioning, you know, in, in, in weightlifting, in, in, in preparation when it comes to, you know, outside of the courts right you know she's putting her heart and soul into developing her game on the courts right and we as we're establishing as we're continuing to build the culture on the team right this this is invaluable right you know again like what we do on match day right let's say a player walks out on match day and competes right and let's say they play very well right and fans will say oh she played really well today right this is a culmination of a lot of things mm -hmm. right First of all, that player cannot accomplish things by themselves. We all affect each other, right? We all work together, right? If I'm being a great teammate, if I'm training extremely well, 
I'm going to also help someone else be successful, right? It's not only about me, right? Yeah, if I if I challenge my teammates every day, if I help them take a step forwards every day, right? My contribution may be very much behind the scenes, right? But as coaches, we're very well aware that none of us accomplishes anything in a vacuum in, in, in a vacuum when it comes to, to team. Even though this is tennis and at the end of the day you compete against the opponent standing on the other side of the court, right? 98 of our preparation, 98% of our preparation, we affect each other in a major way, right? And Kat's influence on the team is extremely positive, right? So every player that you see going out on game day, right? And on match day, when you see them play well, when you see them be prepared well, when you see them be in great spirits, when you see them have great energy, right? That's coming from everybody else as well, right? And behind the scenes, Kat has been a great teammate. I mean, just, just an incredible person to have on the team. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. One more. Like, I think this will be the last one. I know this is one of our longer episodes. No, that's OK. It's been great conversation. And listen, you know, I don't I, have time to stop by every day, so let's get everything out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love to take advantage of it while you're here, you know. And uh, so in the offseason, you also had a change on the coaching staff. Um, associate head coach Jacob Eddins uh, took the job at Illinois, um, assistant job. So you brought in uh, Calvin Song from uh, Fresno State. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. I want to make sure I had that correct. So what has that transition been like? How has he fit in with the team? And how, you know, what was the kind of the, I guess, coaching search like, you know, after that? Coaching searches like recruiting are always challenging, mm -hmm. I feel but they always open up a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Right? I mean, Jacob uh, Jacob did an incredible job with us, right? And rightfully so. I mean, he he got an opportunity to go and 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 coach with one of his best friends in 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 coaching circles at University of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Uh just an incredible opportunity that you know that he got and he received and you know set himself up for 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 his, you know, for for his future career, set his family up in a great way. So, I mean, just an incredible opportunity, right? I mean, Illinois today is one of the top 25, top 20 programs in the country. Yeah. Very good step up for Jacob, you know, in, in, in taking steps forwards to eventually being a head coach and, and taking over his own program someday, right? You know, and Jacob did an incredible job with us, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to replace, right? It's, yeah. it's hard to lose good people, right? Um, but it's also kind of a natural cycle of things, right? We've talked about you know, some players graduate and move on, right? Um, you know, some leaders sometimes graduate and move on, right? Coaches sometimes move on, right? Um, you, it's, it also opens up an opportunity to find um, how do we continue to grow and, and, and take steps forward as a program, right? And um, how is the coaching search? It's, <laughs> it's always challenging and it's always hectic, mm -hmm. you know, because it's... It's very few times that when, when at least in my experience, and maybe I'm doing this wrong, I don't know, maybe other coaches are better at this than I am, <laughs> but it's very few times that I would say that I am going into the coaching search having a very good idea of who is going to be my next assistant coach, mm -hmm. right? Um, I like to open up the searches to, to really be able to tap into, yes, people that I know, people that I think would be good fit for the program, but also maybe people that I haven't talked to before, right? Because at the end of the day, who knows where the best candidate comes from, right? Yeah. So 
um, it's it's always hectic. I mean, it's always it's always a lot of searching conversations. You know, uh, evaluating coaches and where they come from. You know, and what they can potentially contribute to the program, right? And and how we can grow together, moving forwards, right? Um, and we had some very very good candidates, I would say. Um, you know, so the search was successful, right? Yeah. And I mean, Calvin just came extremely highly recommended. You know, I can say that any any person that I've talked to in the search, just I mean, when you meet Calvin, you will understand. Extremely yeah. personable. I mean, very very open, very communicative, very very you know connects very well with people, right? Um, you know, good recruiting connections, right? I mean, they did uh, they did a pretty darn good job at Fresno State, mm -hmm. um, turning that program around, right? Um, in in the years that Calvin was there as well, um, and so very good resume, right? A young coach, you know, who's who's looking to 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 learn, to grow, to 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 take steps forwards, uh, but already comes extremely highly recommended to us, right? So. Um, I feel very fortunate that we were able to attract Calvin to the program, um, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not only our search, right? Yeah. That the coach also has to want to come here, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think we we kind of mutually saw the potential of where we can take this program forwards, uh, where we can take this program moving forwards, and, uh, you know, we're able to bring Calvin, his wife, Brooke, and now a newborn son to Morgantown. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're they're sort of... Uh, building the life here together now. So, but um, you know, I, I feel very happy to have Calvin with the program. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I did get a chance uh, at Martha Thorne to, uh, you know, I passed by and we talked a little bit, and introduced myself, and you know, it does seem like a great guy. Obviously, you know, it is. I'm sure it would be hard to lose a, a coach like Jacob. Yes. And, you know, absolutely. Uh, I'm yes. sure, like, I'm sure the players will miss him and his family there, and you know, the kids running around all the time, and you know, but. Uh, how has he? How has Calvin blended in with the players? How has that? Uh, has that? Good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always a transition, like with a freshman when they come to the program, right? Mm -hmm. It's all it's, it's a new coach. It's always getting to know each other, you know, uh, a little bit, right? You know, Calvin getting to know the players, Calvin getting to know me and working with me, right? And the things that that I like to do or things that yeah, every coach is a little bit different, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 also the players getting to know Calvin, right? And, and getting to know and Calvin and I finding you know best ways to uh to complement each other to work together right to to be able to be able to draw the best from what i can contribute to the program and what calvin can can contribute to the program right um so it's always a transition right um you know uh, uh brooke and calvin had a had, had a child sort of halfway through the fall semester you know which which was which was awesome right mm -hmm. um so um you know it's it's there were there were a few weeks where calvin was obviously you know preoccupied with with a few other things in life <laughs> there are things that are a little bit more important than tennis as well so right. um and but regardless of all of that i mean the amount of time that calvin was able to spend with the program right the amount of time that he was able to spend with us on the court um the amount of matches that we were able to go through and and um, and and I feel like I feel like that transition was very successful, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously, I, you know, that that transition will continue into the spring as we compete together, right? Um, you know, that's where, like I said in the beginning, everything comes 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 full circle, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I think you know with players, with Calvin, with with the staff, with the support staff that we have in place, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the spring season. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think all Mountaineer fans should be looking forward to the spring season from this conversation. It sounds like a lot of bright things are ahead for this team. So after a solid one hour and 
just about 27 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to unpack, but you know, it'll be a, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded and it's once again it's good to have you back and we re- uh, really appreciate your time. Sounds good. Well, thank you for having me back. I'm I'm honored to be the first returning guest. I think that's probably a, a, a good compliment. I don't yeah. know, uh, un- unless maybe you couldn't find anyone else or something. No, I don't know. No. So you know, I, <laughs> we, I, we tried I, outreach a little bit. You know. I, I appreciate you having having me back as well, and you know Absolutely. I appreciate you continuing help continuing to help us tell our story as a program. Right. I will maintain that as a tennis team, we don't get the same level of exposure as some some other programs. Right. And we appreciate every opportunity when we can share, when we can tell people who we are, what we're doing, what we're building, and why they should be paying attention to to the tennis team as well, right? Yeah. We have some very bright years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is totally our pleasure here at uh, MSI and the Daily Athenaeum. And uh, be sure to grab a copy. Uh, well, this is to, I'm not telling you this. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, grab a copy of the Daily Athenaeum. And if you want to go support the women's tennis team at WVU, they play at Summit Tennis Academy. Uh, this Saturday, that will be January 20th. Uh, first match, 10 a.m. against uh, Open with Morgan State, right? Duquesne, 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 for, Duquesne first. first, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then 3 p.m. Morgan State. Yes. So, uh, yeah, if you all want to go support the team, that's where they'll be playing until it is 70 degrees and then you get outside. But that'll, yes. that'll be a little while. But, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for listening to the Mountaineer Sports Insider podcast. We will see you next time. Let's go, Mountaineers. Mountaineers.